Hi there, everybody. We are back talking about the sermon that uh, Garen teach, and I, I kind of got to be on stage with him for it. I assisted a little bit, but um, it was Romans 12, 9 through 21, talking about convicted civility. And we've gotten a lot of feedback about this already in just 24 hours. Uh, mostly good, I would say, and sounded like something that you guys are passionate about and been wanting to hear and hoping that Garen would speak about. And so we're so glad that we we got to. So we're here with Garen, and we're just going to talk briefly today, not a super long one, but just hit a few things that we felt like were important and um, maybe speak to you if this was one that, you know, maybe people around you are really psyched about it. And for you, it was like more challenging and not as enjoyable than we want to speak to you too at the end. And so hopefully everyone gets something out of this one today. So Garen, I think our first thing that we want to say is just why this was so important that we spoke about it. Um, because you don't really hear a lot of churches dying to talk about convicted civility. So what was it within you, Garen, when you prepped this, that you thought, hey, 12th needs to hear this, and why did we ultimately end up giving a whole Sunday to it? I mean, I think you're with me on this. I think a lot of the people in leadership here, but if we're going to reach culture and if we're going to be people living on a mission, which we're called to, we've got to engage culture. And just there has been a te- te- what tectonic shift, tectonic, I don't, whatever, there's been a huge shift in our culture. Yesterday you said condensation. <laughs> condensation. And now it's... Uh, you said tantang, right? You were too hot on yourself. Oh, too yeah, hard. you were. There's just been this huge shift. Everything's changed, and I think the reality... I think people know it. They sense it, and that's a big question I feel like I get from people is, how do I engage my neighbor? How do we engage our culture? I think it's something everybody's struggling with. Everybody deep down wants to know, and I feel like we've got to talk about it. And that's kind of why I did the series last year on how do we deal with big issues in the culture. It was just trying to, to me, lay a biblical foundation. I said we would come back, and we're going to come back more. I, I don't know. If we're going to live on mission, is there anything more important than us equipping the body and talking about these things? Yeah, equipping the body is huge. And I, f- I feel like everyone kind of left yesterday feeling a little more equipped, which is a good thing. And so your answer to that why is so good. Why do we talk about this? Well, because if we're going to be on mission, we got to be equipped to go out and do it. And so, you you know, you, as a church, you know, we set a mission that one person, one place at a time, we want to be restorers of God's shalom. And so for you to line up a message that encourages us to do that is pretty cool. So thanks for, for lining that up for us. What we talked about was convicted civility, and it seems like everyone is kind of on the spectrum somewhere with this because there's two kind of yin and yang things. There's this conviction, this idea that I must hold tightly to truth, and I must hold tightly to God's word and what he says is right, and there's no two ways around it. And the other side is that there are people who don't live like that around me, and I have to love them well and accept them and be hospitable to them. And I can't just shout truth at them because they will never love Jesus if I do that. And how do I do both those things at the same time? Because it is so stinking hard. And so some of us are on the more convicted side where we hold the truth and we, you know, are maybe a little, we could be a little more gentle with it. And some of us are on that civility side where we just want to love and please everybody, we want everybody to like us. And it's a little bit harder for us to speak truth. And so I think everybody falls somewhere on that spectrum. And if we were following Jesus perfectly, we would be like him and hold both those things really well, but we're human, so we can't do that as well. So maybe yesterday, for the folks who fall into the civility camp, it was a little bit easier for them to hear because that was the message. Um, but it, you t- you said you're going to teach a message coming soon. 
about that conviction, about holding to God's word, and how do we do that well? And I know there are probably some people who yesterday yesterday maybe didn't click with them as, as much, but that conviction message is really going to be good for them. So, Garen, can you just speak about that tension between those two things and kind of maybe what's coming? Maybe give the conviction people a light at the end of the tunnel if they weren't, you know, super uh, encouraged by yesterday's message, if it was a little bit harder for them to hear. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about that. I mean, for some people, I'm sure it was like, I want I just want to bring the truth, right? And they're like, oh, you bunch of softies. Like, that was a softy Sunday kind of thing. Uh, my guess is, is most people are more on the civility side. That's my guess. Um, but we do need to talk about both, and we are going to talk about both. Even I had a conversation yesterday with somebody, and as I, still as I think about it, that whole idea of staying out of the judgment seat um, Jesus is the model of conviction and civility, right? We would agree with that. The advantage that he had is he was the creator, and he knew everybody's heart intimately, and he could make judgments, right? I mean, he knew exactly what was in the heart, and he could call people on things. And so even in that thing, the thing that I don't have is I can't see into hearts, and I've, I really feel like we've got to be really careful with calling too hard on some things because I could be... I may not know a person's situation totally. Doesn't mean we don't have conviction. Again, we're going to come back to that. Um, I think the civility is a lot more clear about blessing and hospitality. That's easier for me to do. We still got to do the conviction, but yeah. But you know, even I had some people yesterday who were on that civility side, and they're like, but they weren't living it practically. I had several people who were like, you know what? I haven't been really blessing anybody. I've just been a nice guy, and I haven't been reaching out. I haven't been engaging. I haven't been having people over who were, like, saying they were going to do that. So, and it is, I think hospitality is the key. I just was thinking a minute ago about Jesus. The advantage was he had no home, so he was constantly inviting himself to other people's houses. (laughs) I wish I had that advantage. But just think of all the times he's in a home. He's in in a house, Matthew's house. He's in a Pharisee's house more than once. He goes to Zacchaeus' house. Even for him, having a meal, sitting with people was really significant. Yeah, Garen, I think that most people, I fall into this as well, we would define ourselves as nice people and polite people and maybe even like welcoming people, but to say that we are intentionally hospitable people, like how do we make that leap? Because if I'm just a nice person who goes to church and people like me and they know I don't cuss and maybe that's the best my witness gets, like how do we make our leap from there to seeking out people intentionally and loving on hard people like how do you radicalize someone like that because that's what that's what we're looking to do yeah well say that again how do you you mean how do we step into that or yeah like how do how do we as equippers in the church you know take somebody who comes on sunday and is really nice person how do we turn them into somebody who is intentionally hospitable to their enemy because those are not the same person a lot of the time right it's not i to me i think it's Hopefully, as a body, we will be getting a greater and greater passion for the mission of Jesus to reach people. And to me, when I get a passion for it, that's when I start being like, I've got to be intentional. I can't, just being nice isn't good enough. I've got to intentionally engage people, and that's the best way to do it, is, is in that, with that hospitality stuff. I think also when, um, when what breaks God's heart breaks our heart, that's when we're willing to take that leap, too, you know? Like when we see the reality that my friends may not know Jesus, and I know what that means for them eternally. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's a part of the puzzle of kind of radicalizing somebody to not just be a nice guy, but to intentionally seek out the lost and invite them into their home when that's not really culturally what we do. So, 
Okay, Garen, one last thing for you. Um, you mentioned that we are living as exiles in culture. Could you break that down maybe what that means a little bit more? Because if people haven't heard that before, they may have been a little lost on it. And just like what are the implications of how we live if we are really cultural exiles here in America? Yeah, to me that idea is really significant as you try to figure out what what where do we stand in culture? We're not in the center anymore. We're shoved off to the side. And to me the picture is is when the Jews were in Israel, they're in their home turf. They've got Yahweh as God. They're, they've got the temple. But when Babylon came and destroyed the city, killed a bunch of them and took a bunch to Babylon, now they're exiles, and they're not at the center of culture. And the question is, is how do you live when you're not at the center? And I'm gonna, we're going to preach on this. I just want to read it. Jeremiah, God through Jeremiah wrote a letter to the exiles, and I think it's really powerful, where he said, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters, increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper." And that's in Jeremiah 29, and that was God's command to people living in exile. It's, you, you live good, flourishing lives. That's all Genesis 1 language, that multiplying, and there's a lot of that in there. It's living a shalom life as exiles in a culture, and that you seek the good of the city, that you're, a, you're, you're positively engaging and bringing shalom. And that's actually what Daniel and his friends did. They were there living as exiles. They end up getting in government and having great influence on that culture. But they... Yeah, to me, that's that's got to be our posture. So you're saying we are not at the center of culture. People are not looking to Christians and culture for the answers. So instead of being a culture warrior and trying to force ourselves back into that spot and by, by you know waging a war against everything that, that is evil, and there's a lot that's evil, you, you think we should instead turn to being restored, to bringing shalom to the city, to our neighborhoods where we live, and in that way, overcoming evil with good instead of waging a war and, and burning the house down because we know what is right and so we have to you know force it uh, force it in front of society's eyes am, am I warm with that or right that's that to me that's the basic idea and again you can they could sit around and pout the whole time that we're in Babylon and Babylon stinks and they could have made a long list of why Babylon was corrupt and wrong but what Jeremiah was saying is is no you you dig into that place you live you do normal things, and you seek the flourishing of that culture, and it's just a different mindset. And that I'm not thinking it again. Yes, I think globally, but I've got to act locally, and act locally means I've got neighbors, friends, coworkers, and I've got to be thinking that one person, one place at a time, and quit just quit worrying so much about the big culture because I can't change it, but I can influence people in Emporia, right? I think you missed that part in Daniel where Daniel and his three friends they were feeding them meat and they didn't want to eat it you missed the verses where they picketed first they like created signs they're like we won't eat meat like that that didn't happen okay never mind that didn't happen they did not pick it so maybe maybe we shouldn't do that either maybe we should be people who seek the goodness of the city that we're in right yeah cool okay garen do you have any last thoughts i I do i do have one last thought i mean we're going to talk more about that exile idea so if you're hearing that and you're like wow that's new 
Um, I'm actually going to preach on that. But I've got a quote from Bob Goff that fits yesterday that I love. I wish I could have used, but we were kind of short on time, and I had cut it out before we even finished our planning. But Bob Goff said this, the way we treat people we disagree with the most is a report card on our faith. And I really love that quote. And to me, if we were to go back to yesterday, it's like, what's, what's your report card look like? How are you treating people who you disagree with the most? Um, because that says a lot about Jesus. And to me, that's, that's really crucial. That's really good. Golly, that is really convicting. The other thing I, we could add to that is that uh, when you get to heaven one day, Jesus is going to read your Facebook page history to everybody, and so you better be ready to defend what you put on there. <laughs> uh, just to say that maybe social media is not the outlet for our anger and frustration. We've all been there before, um, but that we should look to love and not vent. And so the way that we treat anyone that we don't agree with, yeah, that's our report card for faith. That's really good, Garen. Thank you. Okay, guys, we are right at 13 minutes. Thank you so much for listening to this and for coming yesterday and being challenged. Yesterday was not an easy one. It wasn't just like a come and sit and listen and feel good. Like there's real application to it. So thank you if you are living that out. Um, We encourage you, if you haven't yet contacted your person, that if there's somebody in your life that you need to love just for the sake of loving, not to win them over uh, for the gospel on day one, not to preach to them, but just simply to love them because you need to get closer to them. We encourage you to do that, and we, we, we are praying that you would be bold in that. So um, that's what we have. Thank you so much, and we are out, and we'll see you later.